On today's episode of The Door Report, we are joined by Barton Simmons, the general manager of Vanderbilt Football. You will not want to miss this interview. We dive into his friendship with Clark Lee in high school at Montgomery Bell Academy and give him a chance to send a message to Vandy fans regarding the future of this program. We also dive into the commitment of a pair of four stars for Coach Stackhouse with Noah Shelby and Lee Dort announcing their commitment on Wednesday night. And we also give our reaction to the Vandy Boys' 14-2 loss to Georgia last night. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome back into The Door Report. It is episode 78. It is Friday, April 9th, the year 2021. We are already in April. It's kind of a, a insane to think about that. But we are, as always, presented by Laco Finewood Floors. Jam-packed show for you today. And we finally have Will Byram back on the pod. And we're finally doing it together. He's back and better than ever. Will, we have a ton to talk about. This might be our longest podcast because also at the end we got Barton Simmons coming up. So uh, we got a lot to get to today. Yeah, I think the Barton Simmons podcast or Barton Simmons segment might be uh, one of the longest the segments longest. that we've had probably yeah. uh, on top of what looks like might be one of our longest first segments. So I hope you've got a long <laughs> car ride uh, in the future with more people returning and going into work uh, to listen to the whole thing because that Barton Simmons interview uh, gave me chills. For yeah, sure. Especially at the end, you, you, you want to watch all the way from beginning to end because that definitely uh, will get your blood flowing. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. You won't want to miss a second. But, Will, we got a lot of subjects to hit on and not a whole lot of time, but we'll try to get to as much as we can. We got Noah, Shelby, and Lee Dort, a couple of four-stars committing to Vanderbilt. We'll touch on those two guys. Big night on Wednesday night for uh, Vandy basketball. And Liam Robbins and Ed Conroy. They, Ed Conroy is an assistant coach at Minnesota. Liam Robbins is um, actually his nephew. Uh, so we'll see if we can, if uh, Stackhouse can string those two guys over to Vandy. Isaac McBride has entered the transfer portal, uh, the fifth player now uh, after last season to enter the portal. We'll talk about that. And Vandy boys get absolutely boat raced by Georgia last night, 14 to two. Kumar Rocker got roughed up a little bit. We'll talk about that. And we'll also touch on uh, the second spring scrimmage tonight uh, with the spring game next Saturday. And that'll lead us into Barton Simmons a little bit later. But, Will, before we get to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. The video of this podcast will be up a little bit later. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, Will, 
So it was a big night, big night Wednesday. I don't think any Vanderbilt fan <laughs> expected that uh, to kind of come out of nowhere with a pair of four stars. I was not on Twitter at all, really, until late at night. And I get that notification and I'm just like, what the what's going on? <laughs> like, what what is what has Stack been up to? And he's apparently he's been up to a lot of recruiting because he just secured his top two players uh, in, in, in his time here. He's entering his third year. Uh, but will Stackhouse we all know has been widely criticized for his lack of recruiting prowess over the past couple of years. His first two classes, they ranked outside the top 60 nationally. And that led to much criticism from us included. Uh, we will admit <laughs> we, we have criticized Stackhouse. Um, but a lot of that has changed. I think uh, after Wednesday night, um, he proved a lot of the haters wrong uh, on, on, uh, on that night. And, and it was a lot more fun than I think any Vandy fan expected. So we'll, Give us the scatter report on these two guys. What are they bringing into Nashville, and what can we expect from uh, Dort and Shelby? Yeah, so Stackhouse definitely killed the narrative of he can't recruit because regardless of if you're the biggest Vanderbilt supporter, 100% positivity all of the time, Stackhouse coming in, everyone's first thought was he's going to be able to recruit extremely well because he has an NBA pedigree and he's going to be able to draw in these top recruits with the idea of he has NBA connections, he was coach of the year in the G League, and that really didn't materialize for him until now. Um, it, and you'd rarely see recruiting commits anymore that really completely come out of the blue and kind of shock you. Yeah. Because there's always rumors swirling between 24-7, rivals, message boards, everything like Twitter. You always see kind of hints towards uh-huh. it. And this really blindsided me. I mean, I hadn't seen much of anything. And these are significant recruits. <laughs> Uh, program-changing recruits. I hate saying that because last time we brought in program-changing recruits. The program got worse. Yeah, definitely changed the program, but not for the better. <laughs> um, but on to the scouting report for these guys. Lee Dort, um, they're both from Texas. They're actually going to be high school teammates for their senior year. Um, they play on the same AAU team, so both from Texas. But Dort was actually a five-star previously, the 18th-ranked player in the country, number three center, and he recently got bumped down to the measly terrible ranking of 59th overall player in the country. Oh, horrible. Um, ninth at his position, eighth in the state of Texas. He had offers from Kansas, Memphis, Auburn, Baylor, mm. um, Texas, Arkansas, and others. So he was a highly sought after guy. Um, he's six foot nine and, and he's a big man with really good and developed size. A lot of times you'll see these big men come in either overweight or extremely underweight. Um, just because if you're that big of a kid, it's kind of hard um, to yeah. maintain proper body size, but He's, he's built like a college he, he's power built. center. Um, he's pretty skilled. He, he can handle the ball a little bit. He's got soft hands, good feel, um, finding space in the paint, finding space in transition, filling those lanes. Um, if Vanderbilt fans think back not too long ago, uh, Festus Azili, Damian Jones, um, he's kind of a perfect those guys but yeah. less of a project already coming in more developed right um and and that's kind of a unique thing Vanderbilt doesn't bring in often is already developed athletes mm-hmm. um and I almost can kind of compare him to Simi Shitu and I don't want yeah. to say that in a bad way I want to say that is Simi Shitu before he tore his ACL his senior year of high school and he really never had that same aggression that he had previously um from that injury and right. Noah Shelby is a guy I think I, I wrote an article for the door report and put it up there right after they committed Sharp the shooter. morning after And I said, Noah Shelby, period, remember the name, period. Because the main (laughs) issue that a lot of guys have had with Stackhouse's team, um, number one, probably two and three are post-presence and shot blocking slash rebounding. Number one has been shooting. 
Um, losing that three-point streak is is one thing of it, but just consistent shooting and not having the guys to spread the ball around and knock down a shot. <clears throat> Noah Shelby is gonna, has the ability to step on campus and immediately change that. He doesn't have elite athleticism. He's not going to be one of the guys stepping on there and dunking over centers like a Saban Lee or Wade Baldwin or anything like that. Mm. But he's an elite-level sharpshooter off the dribble, off the pass. Um, and if he wants to be a true combo guard where he can play that one spot as well as ball handling, he's going to have to get a little bit better. Um, but right now, N Noah Shelby and Lee Dort will be guys that will step onto this campus and immediately make impact as, impacts as freshmen. Yeah, this may seem kind of scary to talk about, but I think he could be a mix of Darius Garland and Saban Lee. He kind of has the shooting of Darius Garland, but he's very athletic. I mean, the kid is a great ball handler. So this guy, he could turn morph into kind of a point guard um, and, and, but be an electric shooter. Um, and we'll kind of looking at both these guys, Dort and Shelby, both, they announced their commitments Wednesday night. You talked about a lot of the schools, but I mean, they chose from over Kansas, Baylor, Arizona, Auburn. These are legit big time mm -hmm. basketball programs that they decided to decline and, and accept the offer uh, to Vanderbilt top two prospects stack has ever gotten. Uh, so again, we'll, we'll keep an eye on those two guys. It's going to be fun to watch them. Uh, a lot of their highlights in, in Texas at the Addison school. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on them. We'll moving on. We'll stick with basketball here. Uh, but Ed Conroy, he's a Minnesota, Minnesota assistant coach. His nephew is a kid by the name of Liam Robbins and played at Minnesota. Robbins entered the transfer portal um, and he's a talented kid. Uh, this was a tweet from Ryan James a few days ago on Tuesday night, co-publisher of Gopher Illustrated. He said, hearing a lot of noise from many places that Minnesota assistant coach Ed Conroy will likely land at Vanderbilt. And that meant, and that likely means that Liam Robbins would follow uh, his nephew and will, th these would be a couple of huge pickups. I mean, th this, this has kind of been a common gripe from national analysts and pundits in regards to Stackhouse's staff. There's not a ton of D1 coaching experience. And for Stackhouse to be able to bring a guy like Conroy in would immensely benefit uh, just the roster management as well as recruiting and being able to get out there and, and grab some of these guys. And he, he could bring Liam Robbins with him. So uh, this would be huge. And it would only keep the momentum going uh, for Vanderbilt. They could have these two guys this season, this, this season coming up. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake Stackhouse made coming in was it, just one thing with staff, whatever it is, is his staff just didn't have the Division One high-level college basketball coach. It was kind of, the, kind of the Derek Mason effect. Let, yeah, let's and, hire and, my friends, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just not as much experience. Yeah, and he and Derek Mason even had experience coaching at the college level. Stackhouse right, was right. a player at the college level at North Carolina, but he wasn't a coach there. He's the NBA, he was an NBA G League uh, right. coach, an exceptional one, um, winning coach of the year there. But not bringing in guys, I think the water was a little bit hotter than Stackhouse expected when he got to Vanderbilt, and the yeah. eyes on him were a lot more, and the criticism was a bit harsher than he expected. And I think I if agree. he brought in guys like, like uh, Con Conroy from Minnesota initially, I think that they would have been able to prepare him for that, right. and you wouldn't have had the the clashes with the media, um, clashes with fans on Twitter. I don't think you would have seen as much of that because you would have had somebody else in the room being like, "Be prepared for this. Right. This is going to happen. You're dealing with college college sports fans who are irrationally angry after their team loses or doesn't do what they want them to do more than professional sports." and a lot more than the G League. So oh, yeah. that, along with managing guys, minutes, rotation, timeout management is something that Stackhouse, the uh -huh. college game with timeout management is a lot different. 
um, than the NBA just with 20 minute halves are a lot different than got to be a lot more strategic. And yeah. and that's been my biggest in game. I think Stackhouse's actual X's and O's coaching the game of basketball is exceptional. It's excellent. I think where he struggles is game management in timeouts, knowing when to break a team's momentum, knowing when to push to go to the hot hand, knowing when to rotate these guys in. So hopefully Conroy will be able to come in and, and he's a highly regarded assistant coach. And Liam Robbins was, you know, a 12 point scorer, six and a half rebounds a game. Yeah. He led the Big Ten in blocks. So that's something that Vanderbilt desperately needs just as much as Stackhouse needs um, assistant coaches with with legitimate experience. Yeah, and we'll see. I think we're starting to kind of see the development of of what we might see from this team next year. Now, five players have now entered the transfer portal after the year, but we talked about it before we started recording, Will. A lot of these guys may not have played that big of a role next season, and that could be uh, involved in the thinking of Coach Stack. But speaking of the portal, uh, Isaac McBride has been the latest. I, I hope we don't see any more. I doubt we'll see any anyone else. Uh, unless it's Drew Weikert or somebody from the bench. Uh, but this was first reported by Robbie Weinstein. Obviously, McBride initially enrolled at Kansas, left Kansas, then he transferred to Vandy. Um, he played 21 games, 12 minutes per game. He was rarely used at the beginning of the season. Uh, he started playing a little bit better later in the year. He averaged five points a game, uh, but he never really developed into the player you know, we, we might have wanted to see. So now he's gone, and, and we'll see where he lands. But Will – the guards are an interesting aspect now of next year's team and with Trey Thomas and Scottie Pippen, hopefully all, you know, God willing set to return along with Tyron Lawrence, who will be back after tearing his ACL. And you got Peyton, Peyton Daniels coming in uh, the freshman. So it's just an interesting dynamic next year. I I'm really kind of still waiting on the edge of my seat to see who they might get in terms of recruiting and then the transfer portal, but will Educa Obina gone to St. Joe's DJ Harvey gone to Detroit Cleavon Brown to FIU, Max Evans to TCU. We'll see where Isaac McBride lands, but we're starting to get a big time feel of who Stackhouse wants in his program and maybe how some of the players might've, um, you know, might've liked playing for him, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm digging too deep, but five guys, that's a, that's a good number. Yeah. You got to think none of these guys are guys that Stackhouse recruited out of high school. He brought DJ Harvey and Isaac McBride in, I believe, but those were right. transfers from drop downs from Notre Dame, not really drop downs, but from Kansas and Notre Dame. Um, and then Cleavon, Matt Cleavon was here for 17 years. He was obviously not <laughs> recruited by Stackhouse. Max Evans has been here for 12 years. Um, obviously not recruited by Stackhouse. Then a GK Obina was just, he didn't develop. I think Never they were developed. Hoping. Yeah, we talked about it. They were hoping he would be a project. He had the body size like Festus Azili and develop into a dominant big man. It just never happened. He, he didn't played have a lot better a couple of years ago than he did like this past I, season. I think he will have – you'll see him have quite a bit of success at, at the level with St. Joe's because right. he's going to be able to be more of a physical force and not have to rely on floor mm -hmm. spacing as much, which is where he really struggled, which is rotations over floor spacing and the athleticism of the guys he was playing against. But, man, I know none of these guys are, are key – guys but i mean you're losing five five people off a basketball roster that only has 14 on it so right. um hopefully we're gonna see we've got a couple freshmen coming in hopefully we will see a couple guys uh from the transfer portal come in i don't know mm -hmm. if this is a good sign that scotty pippen is likely returning if isaac mcbride looked um at the upcoming season and said I i'm not going to be seeing the court i might as well transfer out again right. um for the second time but I don't know if there's something brewing down the pipeline because Stackhouse seems to be playing it close to the vest when it comes comes to recruiting. I mean, he kept a five and a four star uh, class of 2022 recruits from 
pretty much any message boards or fans or anything like that. So the grad transfer portal is kind of this weird, hazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's a very odd thing that's happened with the NCAA, and it's the exact reason they have the year of eligibility, um, year of ineligibility when you're not a grad mm -hmm. um, to transfer because it turns into this whole weird recruiting. Guys are deciding if they're going to enter the transfer portal. <laughs> or they put their name in it, pull it back out if they don't get the interest they want. So. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting next little bit because Stackhouse is really we're going to be seeing pretty much a brand new roster. Yeah, uh, we're we're going to be court. seeing his guys. Yeah, like, his that's guys. what we know. First time, these are we we can clear it out and say these are the guys Stackhouse has brought into this program. Right, we can judge him now. And that's I say that with the anecdote of or, or antithesis of if Scotty Pippen is there because if he's not right. there, I once again am going to say. I mean, I don't yeah. think you could put the greatest. I don't think you could put John Wooden out there, and he could win with these guys <laughs> consistently if you don't have Pippen on that roster. So yeah. we'll yeah. see what happens. But there's going to be a lot of movement in this program, and it seems like we're saying that about every single program at Vanderbilt right now. Yeah, there's movement every offseason, it seems, and maybe we'll get Kiki Tandy to come in uh, from from Xavier. That'll that'll help out a good bit. Will, before we get over to Barton Simmons, let's quickly uh, get into the game. There's not a whole lot to talk about about the Vandy boys. They just got annihilated last night, 14 to two. The dogs lit up uh, Kumar Rocker for six earned runs. They launched three homers. They had seven homers on the night. Uh, they had a nine-game winning streak snapped, but they will have a rematch uh, tonight with Jack Leiter on the bump. I, think, I heard he's all right and has been playing decent this year. Okay. Um, uh, but Tim Corbin, I thought, had a hilarious quote after the game. He said, they had the machine guns. We had squirt guns. They swung the bat well. We swung it like shit. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that was all you heard from coach Corbin after the game. And he's had a lot of uh, sarcasticness and, and uh, kind of sass this year, but uh, they're, they're fine. They're 24 and four still They're eight and two in the sec. I don't, I don't, I mean, this is not anything to really be concerned about maybe Kumar rocker and kind of his, I mean, he gave up three home runs, you know, he definitely probably needs to shore up a little bit uh, of his mechanics maybe, but will, I don't think he could take too much out of last out of last night. You, you really can't. I mean, it's a midweek SEC game. Once again, Vanderbilt's not looking at winning an SEC regular season title. They're looking at winning uh -huh. a national championship. And they don't want to look forward because a team can be distracted. And a team with that much talent can get distracted and get and slip up. But baseball's so unique because you can have a pitcher off his game or, or the bats. just It's such an individualized team sport. Right. And pitching in and of itself, I mean, you have the ball in your hands and you're controlling that entire game. And there's really nothing like that in any other sport um, that, that's a team game. So the only thing you can really compare it to is a shooter in basketball compared to a pitcher where some nights, for whatever reason, it's not a mechanics issue. It's not anything. It's not what they ate before the game. They're just off um, or they're just on. And, and Vanderbilt's pitching has been on for, for most of the time. And that's what happens with these elite level college pitchers. But Scottie Pippen doesn't come out and go one for 10 from the field and we say, man, he's got some mechanics issues. I, I, you look at it in basketball and it's just accepted. You're going to have nights where you're on. You're going to have nights where you're off, you're off, and it's the same way in pitching. And baseball just has so many games in it that you expect these midweek slip-ups. So I, I don't think there's any any cause for concern no, uh, no. with Vanderbilt. I, I don't think so either. And uh, let's hope Jack Leiter ate his Wheaties this morning because <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be on the bump tonight. Uh, 6.30 SEC Network plus Georgia Bulldogs in town for game two. Well, real quick here, Barton Simmons is coming up, but the second spring scrimmage is also coming up tonight. 
Uh, they will allow a limited number of fans to attend tonight. Gates open at 5.30. We are unsure of when the game will actually start. I would assume around 6, maybe 6.30 uh, for, for when uh, just get let the fans get in there and, and uh, you know watch that one. But first come, first serve basis. Admission is free. And uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting to, you know, type of atmosphere because we'll see how many fans end up going. Um, I know you're going to try to go uh, and maybe get some coverage in there, some videos potentially. Uh, but it's going to be fun, and it'll be it'll be good to see these guys on the field. Yeah, I would love to go, but gates open at five thirty. I typically am not off work until you know five forty five six, so I might be jumping mm. into my car and racing down there as soon as possible. <laughs> but uh, the, it got moved from Saturday event. It yeah. seems like the weather. It seems like God does not want the weather to cooperate with Vanderbilt, so we can actually see them on the field. But hopefully tonight we'll, we'll get a little bit of a flash of kind of what these guys have been working on and kind of the differences in this team under Clark Lee and the in entirely new staff as opposed to last season. But uh, Barton uh, touched on it in, in the interview. He said it's if for you guys that are out there, it's going to be hard to, to uh, identify those players because they don't have, they won't be having Jersey numbers. So no. you better start, I better start studying those body types like you mentioned <laughs> so I can uh, at least know, know what guys are out there on the field. Yeah. I mean, at least we, I think we could tell who Ken Seals is. We could tell yeah. who Cam Johnson, all those guys, but I don't know about the O and D linemen where it's, those will be just mush looking at those guys, yeah. uh, but we'll see. It's going to be fun tonight. Uh, if you're a Vanderbilt fan, I would definitely recommend you heading up there 5 30 gates open at Vanderbilt Stadium will coming right up Barton Simmons general manager of Vanderbilt football he oversees the roster development obviously with recruiting and scouting this was excellent I mean th this guy really is uh is, is a part of something special and is kind of spearheading uh a lot of what they're doing it's because he's great friends with coach Lee so this was just amazing to be able to talk to him yeah, I think the last interview I was on was Earl Bennett, and I was saying that I was a little bit starstruck in the interview, and I was just sitting here kind of forgetting that I was interviewing and saying, oh, my God, I'm sitting in a sitting in an interview right now Bennett. with Earl Bennett, and then having to jump back into it, and like, I've got to ask questions. Barton was, I was sitting there listening to his responses like I was listening to an interview, and then like, oh, you know what, I've got to, I've got to, I have a question I've got to ask go. now, he stopped talking, so this interview is really great. If you hear me stumbling over some words, um, I was a little distracted, get, uh, trying to make my chills go down from some of the things that he said about the program and where they're headed. So it's an incredible, incredible listen. We say that every time, but this is really one you want to listen to start to finish. No doubt. I was just about to say start to finish. The ending is great. The chill bumps will be there and stay tuned because we got Barton Simmons, the general manager of Vanderbilt football coming right up here on the door report. Before we get to the interview with Barton Simmons, the general manager at Vanderbilt Football, it's now time to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report alongside Will Byram. I'm Billy Derrick, and we are now honored to be joined by the man himself, Barton Simmons. He is the general manager of Vanderbilt football. A little bit of a different title. Last time he was on the podcast, uh, Simmons oversees the roster development and, and plays an integral role in recruiting and scouting. He is a native Nashvilleian. Obviously worked at Rivals.com as a national analyst before moving over to 24-7 Sports in 2010. 
And for the last five recruiting cycles, he oversaw the 24-7 sports rankings process. Uh, and also, we're going to dive into this, but he played high school football at Montgomery Bell Academy, where he was a teammate of Clark Lee. So uh, I, I think we didn't dive into that last time, uh, but, but we will this time. He played college ball at Yale, where he was a four-year starter at defensive back. Barton, what's going on, man? You staying busy? I am. I am. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, uh, I'm, I guess I'm finally, I've got my feet under me a little bit. The first, the first month, first really two months, I'd say, were like total just surviving, you know, <laughs> trying to stay above water. Um, and, uh, and at this point, you know, it's still survival mode, but at least, you know, we can breathe a little bit um, and uh, uh, get through this thing. But it's, it's been a blast. It's been, um, uh, totally invigorating and energizing and uh, fun to be on this, this team and uh, within this, this program and coaching staff and just the building here has been uh, the energy and vibe and the people that have been hired are just all, all you know, a plus human beings. And so that's been uh, just a lot of fun to be a part of this. Yeah. We're going to dive into a lot in this podcast, Barton, but I want to start in high school. Um, I, the high schooler of, of both you, but, but Clark Lee, because uh, obviously now he's the head coach. Uh, both you guys uh, graduated the same year at Montgomery Bell Academy. How would you describe Clark Lee, the high schooler? And, and how would you describe uh, your friendship with him uh, at, at that age? Um, my, my uh, gosh, that's a, there's a lot <laughs> to get into there. So um, Clark was, he was like any other high schooler. You know, so he was, he was an idiot like the rest of us, you know, he was, you know, he was, he was just one of the guys in the locker room, like, he was your typical high school kid in the same sense that like, what any of us at NBA were. <laughs> I think what happened was after high school, there was like a, a, a flip switch with Clark I don't know when it was, maybe it was like when he was at Birmingham Southern or maybe it was at Belmont, maybe it was when he arrived at Vanderbilt. But at some point, like he decided, like, I am going to totally devote myself to, you know, being the best I can be and, and just sort of like um, just, just becoming a, a, a very um, intentional person in, in the way he sort of approached things. Um most of us, like it took us, you know, a long period of time to develop that level of maturity. Uh, and, and a lot of us were still that high school guy, you know, well into their 20s and 30s. Um, I think Clark flipped and, and just became this very focused person, still being the same good old dude and still being hilarious and, and, and a good friend and all that stuff. But, uh, but he got focused quick. And, you know, it's funny, like thinking about, um, I played in a hoop it up three on uh, Clark. Like if you were to listen to this podcast, you'd know where I'm going as soon as I started this sentence. Are you, are you a, hoop it up, a hoop it up three on three tournament with him. Um, when we were like, I don't know, 12 years old or something. And, um, and his, his, he was, was notoriously late. was just like always late. Just like kind of on his own clock and the Lee family were the best people in the world, but they're just always like, we're always late. And Clark showed up to the Soup It Up three-on-three tournament like two games in. And so me and the rest of his three-on-three team were playing two-on-three for like two games. 
And, and my dad was just like furious by the time Clark finally got there. And it's still like a, a running joke within our families. And, and the irony of that is like Clark first team meeting here, like with his, the entire focus of the meeting was be on time, like respect people's time. Like that's your first way to show respect and, and, and is to show people your attention and to be on time. And, and so like, it, it's just, uh, I think it's really, um, it's kind of a microcosm of just like the way he has just been very intentional in creating who he is today, which is this incredible head coach, incredible leader. Um, he was always very dependable. He was always very tough. He was always very competitive. He was the best of teammates you'd ever have. But, you know, to say that I saw this as a junior or senior in high school, I, I didn't. I think he's, he's turned himself into this um, and being up close and working alongside him uh, in the early going here, you know, he's he exceeded, you know, even my, my lofty expectations for him. I think it's interesting The you know, we talk about Clark Lee, the football coach, but I think there's a, there's a lighthearted humorous side to him that I don't think uh, too many people, you know, may not realize, but you definitely will because, you know, you guys are best friends. Um, talk about that a little bit. I think it's come out a little bit, maybe in some of these press conferences and, and of course, I mean, on the field, um, of course, a little bit, but how, how has he, you know, how has he kind of developed that, that side of his personality? And, and because that is what, um, you know, you talk about great coaches, it seems like that kind of personality and just relatability and mm -hmm. being able to, to crack a joke every now and then has, has uh, developed kind of throughout, throughout his life. Yeah. Well, he's that, I mean, he, he's, he's one of the funniest friends I have from high school. It's just, uh, you know, it's, he, he's a little bit dry, you know, a little bit sarcastic. Um, but the way he operates is not, he doesn't communicate in like sound bites. Like he is, He's somebody that gets gets in there and like has meaningful conversations and and I think in getting to know him and and sort of having more in depth interactions is when you really start to see his personality shine through and um, and so you know I think even media members will find that you know look I mean there's going to be a level of um, you know press conference has a, a level of formality to it that doesn't really allow you to to get to know someone in, in a more personal way but i think when when people are able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations and sit down and more long-form interactions i mean I, I think they'll they'll kind of see that personality come out and obviously that's something that recruits see that's something our players see um and it's it's very important not just for coach lee but in for the for this entire staff to really have deeper, more meaningful relationships with these players. Um, and so I think that's a, that's kind of a goal within this building is for everyone to see, uh, you know, the, 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 the real um, human side of, of all of us. Um, and so that's certainly true for, for the head guy as well. Yeah, you're definitely seeing a lot more of that on social media and, and Twitter. And it seems like a much more targeted approach um, to humanize the Vanderbilt football program, for, for lack of a better word. But moving away from talking about Clark Lee, we'll, we'll make you talk about yourself a little bit here for a second. Um, like we'd mentioned last time you were here, you were still working for 24-7 Sports. Um, how has that transition been from you were obviously still around the game of college football to being to becoming general manager, general manager, new job title of uh, Vanderbilt football? 
it's really been awesome. Um, you know, I've, I, I think it was, it came at a good time for me, this, this almost perfect storm of events uh, that allowed this opportunity to present itself. Um, it's been, it, you know, it, it's, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's really energized me. It's um, invigorated me. It's, it's so fun to be on this side of it for a lot of reasons. I think one of them is uh, goes back to the people in this building. Um, this is such a collaborative building right now. This is such a low ego building. I really like. I haven't been on many coaches. I haven't been on any coaches fest. Um, I know a lot of coaches, and I I would be shocked if there's very many coaching staffs, collections of coaches in one building with a, a lower ego than the guys in this building. And that's been super refreshing, um, super exciting. Uh, it's made it so fun to just sort of pound this thing out and, and, and try to build it uh, because everybody is, is eager to, to collaborate, uh, to, to put ego aside, to work together and, and just do what's best for the program and the long-term vision of this. And so, um, it's uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to be part of that. It's been fun to to sort of you know I've been working in 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 theory like I've been been working and recruiting like from like a theoretical standpoint for so long you know, having these these ideas and beliefs and opinions and to be able to um, put those into practice is is really fun and and really um exciting because now the wins and losses matter now there's skin in the game now the relationships that i'm building with players are our relationships where i can help these guys uh take on opportunities that could change their lives and i can sort of be alongside as they grow and and see them see the way this program can change people uh, like all of that stuff is it's just not possible in my other role um and so things feel a lot more meaningful in contrast you know my job felt meaningful to me previously but now in, in contrast like this this is um just a place that is has taken things to a new level for me you mentioned when when answering that one this is your first coaching staff um, have there been any, you kind of mentioned the positive sides as well. Has there been any unforeseen challenges or anything that's been tougher in this transition than you anticipated? I mean, there's, there's challenges every day. I think. Um, it's a tough <laughs> question. To on that. I think, well, <laughs> look, I mean, here, here's the, here's, I think probably the biggest challenge right now is, is, is something that look for me to jump into this at this time, in you know the history of college football with the pandemic going on uh has been in some ways a blessing because it has allowed me and it allowed coach lee to to take his time in hiring the perfect coaching staff like there was no there was there was no rush to hire a coaching staff because guys couldn't get on the road anyway Fortunately, because of the work done by the previous recruiting staff and coaching staff under Derek Mason, 
the class was fully committed. Um, and, and so Clark could go through this extensive um, vetting process uh, where he brings in this, this coaching staff that's been a home run, in my opinion. And, and then with me, it allowed me to, to hire staff that I felt good about, it allowed me to get our processes in place, get caught up, get our, catch our breath without worrying about coaches being on the roads, you know, prepping for another signing day, just, just all the other factors that would have been in play, junior days, whatever else we were trying to get going. You know, we were sort of on equal footing in a way. We were behind, but we were on equal footing in terms of, of our ability to get caught up. Um, and so I think within that, you know, the, the, you know, those were the benefits of this sort of being a, a, a indefinite dead period. Well, the, the challenges are I'm jumping into this thing, my first rodeo, and, we, you know, there's COVID, additional years of eligibility, there's roster management, there's, um, you know, tr trying to prepare for potentially a June with the uncertainty of June even opening. Um, you know, th there's, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And I think that that creates just enough fog to have to navigate through to, to where, um, you know, it's certainly a challenge, but it's, I mean, that, that what, again, the thing that I really love about this job is like the problems you encounter every day are fun problems to try to work through. And so they're the, the things that arrive on your desk may be difficult to deal with, but they're fun to try to solve. I'm sure um, the other day, Donut Day, wasn't too difficult. Uh, you had your daughters, you had Coach Lee and Coach McKenzie's boys were there. Uh, the family atmosphere is is just seems seems alive and well, and and that's kind of you know you talk about a program like Northwestern at Pat, with Pat Fitzgerald and a lot of these these programs. That's how they that's how they build and that's how they um, you know that's that's why they're so good. That's what makes them so good. Um, in what ways would you say that? you know, this program has already grown kind of in that regard as a family and just getting closer because I don't know um, how much of the staff already knew each other, the, a lot of the players did, but how much would you say this this program has already grown together in, in such a short time? Well, I think it's, it's I don't know whether this even was in, in, I think this was, there was a level of intentionality to this, but maybe it worked out um, in a way that, that was even <coughs> better than maybe Coach Lee envisioned, but um this is a relatively young staff, but not like ridiculous. Like there's experience, but but still sort of a youthful energy. And so I, I think our oldest coaching coach on staff is like 43 or something. Um, wow. And and maybe our youngest is 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 mid 30s. So everyone's sort of in this um, in this similar station in life where I, you know, in in some ways on the ascent and mm -hmm. and energized and passionate, um, but, but still experienced and successful and proven. And so it, it's brought together people of similar uh, stations in life and, and, and also similar family situations. Like there's a lot of young kids on this staff and, and that's been fun to just start to see the, these families start to come together. And that's very early in the process of that because a lot of these coaches' families are finally getting here. Um, and they've been doing an unbelievable job just sort of working out of hotel rooms. Um, yeah. But to, to, your, to the, the broader question, 
I think that one thing, you know, there, there's definitely been an intentionality to the family environment here. And, and I think at the same time, like that's important to understand that uh, that's not, it's not like a photo shoot for recruiting purposes. Now that's not going to be wrong. Like they got sent out and I hope yeah. to see what it's like here, but that's, that's authentic. And there is a, um, you know, coach Lee has, has said, you know, he'll talk a lot about the idea of, you know, I want, um, I want to be who I am when I'm coaching. Like, I don't want coach Clark Lee to be different than dad Clark Lee. Like my kids and my, my, my wife should, should recognize the person they see on the field coaching. And I think that speaks to a level of authenticity here that's important. Um, and, and we, you know, Vanderbilt is never going to be successful by trying to be somebody else. You know, we are a unique right. program with a unique niche within the best conference in college football. No one in the SEC and very few programs in college football are like Vanderbilt. And so because of that, it's important for us to not try to be someone else, not try to be mini Auburn or mini Ole Miss or something like that. Like we are Vanderbilt. And I think authenticity is going to be at the, 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 the core of everything we do. Um, it's been the, the core of Coach Lee and everything he's done. Like I, I know that because I, I knew him when he was 12 years old. And it, you know what you see is, is really him. And so uh, that authenticity, I think, is, is important to play out in, in just allowing um, our coaches and our staff to be um, uh, themselves in this building, for their family to be here, for the players to see our staff interact with family, to, 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 for, for, for that, you, know, you talk about humanizing this program, like humanizing the staff in front of the players too, like breaking down some of those, those barriers a little bit. And so um, I think that that's all very important here. It's gonna be very important here for us to, to, to be who we are and not to pretend to be something else. And that, that speaks to the family atmosphere, but uh, I think it's gonna be reflected in, in a lot of our approach uh, from an on-field and recruiting perspective as well. Like we, we know who we are and we're going to go after guys that, that fit who we are. Yeah. It feels like a lot of, uh, it feels like Vanderbilt season and college football season ended not too long ago with everything going on and all the turnover within the football program, but hopefully weather permitting tonight, um, we might actually see those guys on the field. So, uh, what has uh, Clark Lee's message been to the team throughout spring ball? I know the heartbeats and habits and everything, but what what is his message broad in broad more broad terms been to the team throughout this period? Well, if you guys are planning on going tonight, good luck identifying anybody. <laughs> there are no numbers, and hey. you know we got ten practices in of of getting memorizing uh, body types and movement skills to to figure out who's who. But you guys. <laughs> Maybe the, a little bit. Flying the body behind. types right now are more important than the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but no, I, I think the, you know, the message generally to this point um, is, is, is not been about football. Um, it's been about team. It's been about what it means to be at Vanderbilt. Uh, the, you know, earning it every day. Um, playing for your teammates, um, you know, being focused on 
the the details and and by details I, I, I mean running on the field, running off the field, body posture, body language, um, the way we communicate, you know, the way, you know, this program is appreciative of, of everyone around it, um, the way it engages in this campus, uh, the, the pride it takes in being, uh, having Vanderbilt on, on the chest of our jerseys. Um, and, and again, you know, earning everything we get. Um, that, that's the, you know, I know a lot of people probably look at the numbers thing and think it's, it's corny, but it's, it's not like a, this isn't some PR thing. Like, it's just, it's really ingraining in these guys. Look, we're, nothing is given. Like we, you're not owed anything. Like we earn it every day. Um, I, I'm not owed my job. Coach Lee isn't owed his job. You know, every day you got to go out and, and, and earn another, another day's work. Um, and so the, the, that has to be reflected within the program as well and, and on a player level. And so this has been, look, I mean, there's been a lot of install and, and the, it's been fun to see the offense and defense start to come together and, um, and, and improve on a daily basis. But I mean, if it's just not important, uh, it's not as important as the, you know, us being able to come out of this spring with the foundations in place of being a cohesive, detail-oriented, tough, focused um, team that that's, that is about the right stuff. And so, um, you know, it's been, this is, a, this is an exercise in this building daily of human development, of, of, of it's like, a, it's a lesson every day. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm improving uh, in this building, just being around this, this program and this staff. And so I think that that's, that's really what it's about for us <clears throat> is just improving the habit. And that's what the heartbeats and habits is about. Like everyone getting on one heartbeat, um, everyone understanding the other heartbeats in this building and, and developing the habits of winning football um, and, and you know, being a successful person in life. All right, Bart, let's put the GM hat on. Let's go to your bread and butter recruiting. Um, and I, I mean, you have an amazing role. It's got to be one of the more fun positions. You talked about the challenges, but how fun is this to kind of begin to build uh, this program into Co Coach Lee's vision? And we talk about vision and the goal. What is the goal for, for this, this first recruiting class? Um, and, and what are some of the uh, the standards you guys are looking for and kind of how you guys are going to go about uh, building this class. So I go back to the people in this, in this building, the coaches in this building um, and the way this staff has been put together. Um, you know, the SEC is a league that is very focused and frankly dependent on talent acquisition um, and staffs are, created with that in mind, understandably. Um, you know, we're created with the mindset of we're going to be the best program in college football um, in terms of player experience and player development. Um, and so within that, um, and again, I go back to just sitting, I was sitting in this office right here. I was one of the first people in this building. And I'm looking out my, my door right now. And there was a 
just parade of coaches that were walking <laughs> by getting interviewed. You know, the amount of the amount of people that flew into this building to be interviewed for every position on this staff was 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 I think something that's very rare. And it was because of the meticulous detail that went into making this making sure this staff was 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 as good as it could be. Not from a oh what like it wasn't about where like who, what area can you recruit like which which seven on seven coaches do you know like what what's your um, you know how many five stars have you gotten it was about you know are you a good human being do you have um, are you are you a great interpersonal coach are you a great developer of talent uh, because we know who we are here like we, we know what we have to do to be able to compete with the rest of the SEC and it's very and like there is no disputing that the way you compete with the rest of the SEC is to have a roster of pros, a roster of NFL talent. Um, we're not going to be a bunch of little scrappy, tough guys that just, you know, can can grind out some wins without having players on our roster that are going to play and be successful in the NFL. So how do we do that? Well, we're, we're it's not about um, it's not about recruiting NFL ready guys. It's about recruiting guys that have the raw ability to play in the NFL and then trusting our coaching staff, our developmental program, our focus on the details, the heartbeats and the habits of this building to, to get them to be pros, uh, to teach them what it means to be a pro, to develop them and develop the skills they need to be a pro. But in order to do that, you have to deliver the raw materials. And so every guy that we bring into this building is a player that we will that we will believe in has NFL potential. Um, and, 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 you know, there, there's, there's, there's a lot to that, you know, and, and it's, it is not just height, weight, speed. Um, that's part of it, but it's about the, you know, the, um, the research that we're doing daily to, isolate the traits by position that we believe in, that we think are most uh, reflective and, uh, and correspond most positively towards long-term NFL success. It's about making sure the people in this building are the right character fits for what we're trying to accomplish. It's about making sure that academics is important to them in a way that's gonna allow them to handle their business off the field so that when they get in this building, you know, they are focused on football. There aren't distractions and they can engage in, in, uh, in the coaching and development that they're going to get here. Uh, and, and in addition to, to all that, you know, these are need to be people that, you know, believe in this place and, and are ready to invest in it uh, in a way that's going to allow Vanderbilt to, to help them um, and launch them to, to the careers and the life that they, they need. And so, you know, that's a, that's a long-winded answer of saying, you know, we're, we're going to have a profile, we're going to have a prototype, and, and we're not worried about stars or rankings or who else has offered these guys, which is ironic given where I'm coming from, but it's, it's not, and, it, and look, there's a lot of places where you better be getting the five stars, and, and Vanderbilt might get to a point where, you know, where, where we need to be recruiting those type of players. Right now, we need to be recruiting players. Like, we're not going to shy away from those battles where a guy is a fit. 
and we're going to we're going to win those battles when he's the right guy for us. Um, but but we really need to just understand independence of offer lists and, and, and star rankings. Um, understand who our guys are and, and go and attack those guys, be selective in who they are so that they are able to build strong relationships with this incredible coaching staff um, and have those relationships be meaningful enough for them to understand Vanderbilt is, is the right fit. All right. So let's say, for example, the the player is targeted, a certain player is targeted, and now it's up to Coach Lee, uh, whether it's offensive or defensive, whoever assistance to go into the home uh, of these players. And, and you know, who knows when, you know, that that will be happening, hopefully soon. Um, but what what's what is it? Uh, what, what's the focus then when you go into the home? What, what is the work? What, what is Coach Lee saying uh, to that player in order to secure the bag and get him over to West End and say, hey, come play for Vanderbilt because, you know, we're building something special? Well, I'll say this. Um, I've got a big whiteboard next to me and uh, it's and, and there's a lot on it. But one thing in big letters that I've written as a constant reminder is you get what you sell. And and so one thing that I, I can assure you that will go on in that conversation is an honesty as to what we are going, what the experience at Vanderbilt is going to be like and, and what uh, type of person we're looking for. And so, you know, we're going to sell that this is going to be a place where you're going to be held accountable. Um, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to earn everything you get. But if you, engage in and invest in it, that this is going to be a place that changes your life. Um, and there's a lot of elements to this place that are unique. We're in the best city in the world. We mm -hmm. get the best education here as you can in the world. Um, but again, I think that it's important that the guys that come in here are coming in here making a football decision, um, understanding <laughs> that this is a program that's going to allow you to be the best version of yourself as a football player. Um, and so again, it's not gonna be, like, this is not gonna be a program that, that sells, you get to go out on Broadway. Uh, you know, it's not gonna be a program that says, you know, hey man, like, you know, you, this is, like it, the, the, it, it is going to sell the things that, um, that are true to this place. And, and if, if a guy's looking for, 100,000 seat stadium, or if a guy is looking for, you know, the beach, or a guy is looking for uh, a fun nightlife, or the pretty girls, or whatever it is, like that's fine. But we're not selling that. We're, 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 that that is not what is important in building this place. What's important in building this place is having people that are bought into the culture we're creating, uh, that believe in it for them. And uh, and and if we get those guys, then. I feel like we're going to do some really exciting things in this conference and and change the climate of uh, of the SEC uh, with with respect to Vanderbilt's role in it. Yeah, Barton, we're running out of time here, uh, but before we let you go, um, we do and thanks for joining us again. By the way, um, before we let you go, what what is your message to Vanderbilt fans who are kind of feeling this momentum brewing um, and feeling like things might actually be turning? just a little bit um, leading up to this spring game that is, that will hopefully be played tonight. Um, my, I mean, my message is just that it's, it is real. Like I, I just, um, 
I think something special is happening in this building. Um, and, you know, we've got to just like I said, you know, nothing, we haven't accomplished anything and we're going to have to earn it every day. Um, but um, <clears throat> I, what's what's exciting is that there is a buy in from the players. Um, there is total alignment from the administration. There's total alignment within this coaching staff. Um, and, uh, you know, this is this is a staff uh, and a program with the leadership in place right now that, that there is no limit on what we can accomplish. Um, and, and we're looking at it that way. We're approaching it that way. Um, and, and we're not going to put a ceiling or a cap on this thing. Like we're, we're this is, this is team one. Um, you know, we, we've called it that since uh, kind of a ceremonious workout uh, at the end of, of uh, pre-spring practice training. Um, and, uh, you know, we're calling it team one because, you know, th this is, uh, this is a program, you know, that, that is, is not going to be defined by anything that's happened in the past. And is going to, we're going to dream this thing totally anew. And, um, and, you know, with that mentality, um, I have belief, you know, I have conviction that it's going to get right. And I think that uh, the fans, um, if you engage, if you if you if you continue to bring that energy, the positive energy that we're delivering to each other, um, I think you'll find that uh, this is a program that can accomplish a lot. Well, do you have chills also? Just a little bit. <laughs> Barton, thanks a lot, man. This is this was fun. And uh, again, gates open tonight, five thirty. Scrimmage over at Vanderbilt Stadium. Go out and uh, see what uh, Coach Lee and these guys are building. Barton, uh, we look forward to the Instagram Live with Earl as well tonight, maybe. Uh, and and uh, again, ha have fun tonight, and uh, thanks for coming on. You bet. Guys, thanks. Y'all do a great job, um, and uh, appreciate you, you covering Vanderbilt Athletics. Well, that does it for Episode 78 of The Dole Report. Thank you so much to Barton Simmons for joining us. It was an absolute blast to talk with the general manager of Vanderbilt football. For myself, Billy Derrick, and my co-host, Will Byram, along with Barton Simmons, Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to episode 78 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.